Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio, your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Monday, October 2nd, and we start with local news. The man charged with killing a Columbia woman in a domestic dispute made his first appearance before Murray County General Sessions Judge Bobby Sands last week via video conference call from the Murray County Jail. On September 12th, Columbia police officers found Carol Ann Coleman, 48, deceased when they arrived on the scene at the 100 block of Woods Drive at approximately 10.30 p.m. James Edward Davidson Jr., 59, was later charged with first-degree murder and aggravated assault resulting in death, according to the warrants. Warrants were served following Davidson's treatment at Vanderbilt Medical Center for several self-inflicted wounds, police previously said. According to the September 13th arrest warrant, Coleman, who is referred to as Davidson's girlfriend, was struck multiple times with a blunt-forced object causing severe head trauma which resulted in death. Coleman was once crowned Mule Day Queen in 1992, Miss Murray County and Fairest of the Fair in Murray County. Born in Nashville, Coleman was a graduate of Columbia Central High School, where she served as a class officer and entered Belmont University on a cheerleading scholarship, as well as attended Middle Tennessee State University. Davidson faced Sands by a video conference call last week, seated in a wheelchair, wearing an inmate uniform with orange and white stripes. Sands explained he did not set bond due to the severity of the charges, citing that Davidson was on probation involving a previous domestic assault charge when the September incident occurred. Davidson was appointed an attorney at the Public Defender's Office in the 22nd District in Murray County. After pleading guilty to a domestic assault charge in July, Davidson entered into a plea agreement of 11 months and 29 days suspended to probation, according to an order signed by Sands in July 27th. Though bond conditions were terminated per victim request, the order said. The case was set for review July 25th of 2024. There's a lengthy history of domestic violence on file with the Columbia Police Department involving Mr. Davidson and Ms. Coleman, a CPD media release said ahead of issuing the present charges. The next court date is set for October 11th at 1.30 p.m. in General Sessions Court to determine a preliminary hearing. Gathered together in a dimly lit room of the Union Hall, United Auto Workers Spring Hill President John Rutherford and a few other members waited patiently to hear if the Spring Hill General Motors assembly plant would get the call to strike. They turned their attention to a small TV bolted high in the corner of the room. After the slight delay of a message delivered by UAW International President Sean Fain supposed to air at 9 a.m., the workers soon got their answer after building anticipation. There will be no strike this week. Spring Hill GM plant workers will not enter the existing UAW strike for the second week in a row, according to Fain, who relayed information to tens of thousands of listeners in a Friday address on social media. A strike was much speculated in Spring Hill this week after a reported 18,000 auto workers of the union's 150,000 members took up signs officially walking out of GM, Ford, and Stellantis plants across 21 states in the last two weeks. They're ready to fight for the middle class, Rutherford, president of the UAW Local 1853, said. Our members are fed up. Though the call to strike still didn't come. Workers at Spring Hill General Motors plant will continue to work as 7,000 other auto workers join the fight around the U.S. this week. 
On Friday, Fane called on two more plants, Ford's Chicago Assembly Plant and GM's Lansing Delta Township, to add about 7,000 people to the picket lines. It's a war of the working class versus corporate greed, he said. We are the new arsenal of democracy. The workers are the liberators, and our strike is the vehicle for liberation. The core issues of concern to workers are pay and cost of living increases. More than 3,000 United Auto Workers members are employed at the Spring Hill plant and are producing hundreds of vehicles per day under an expired contract. The 11 million square foot Spring Hill GM plant on 2,100 acres, which opened in 1990, builds SUV models, including Cadillac models XT5, XT6, and the all-electric Lyric, powered by Altium Cell's batteries and the GMC Acadia. In a statement on Friday, GM said they had not received a comprehensive counteroffer from UAW leadership to their September 21st proposal. Calling more strikes is just for the headlines, not real progress, Gerald Johnson, executive vice president of GM, said in a statement. The number of people negatively impacted by these strikes is growing and includes our customers who buy and love the products we build, he said. GM said they stand ready to negotiate in good faith, a claim that Fain said during his message Friday morning was not happening. Our current record proposed proposal that is on the table offers historic wage increases and job security while not jeopardizing our future, according to the statement. We're here to reach an agreement so we can all get back to work, and that remains our 100% focus. Be safe, he said. Peter Loy, a machine repairman at GM's Spring Hill plant, said he's surprised Spring Hill hasn't been called to strike yet. They've been on a drive for years to produce, 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 Loy said. It's pretty hectic with the new line of vehicles. UPS got a great deal, and we can't even compare to them. Some people have to work two jobs just to keep up with the day-to-day costs. He said he would like to see the union make progress on better retirement benefits. He's on the cusp of retirement after a 32-year career at the plant. Loy said he's prepared to take a pay cut if there's a strike, but he doesn't have high hopes for a great outcome because he said recent strikes haven't been very beneficial for employees. The game GM is playing is they keep you out of work long enough and then they will throw some money at you, Loy said. The union is still keeping us in the dark about exactly what they're asking for. They only gave us some highlights. But if we go on strike, I can say stay out as long as they want me to be out, he said. While the strike won't come to Spring Hill this week, workers are going to meet others on strike in Tennessee. We've got people going down to Memphis to help support the workers that are on strike there. Walk the picket line with our brothers and sisters, Mike Miller, a Spring Hill UAW benefits representative said. We are family, whether it's here or across the country. This is my 48th year and my 10th contract, he said. The UAW strike has been anticipated as potentially the largest strike in the union's history, with its most recent company-wide walkout occurring in 2019. And this strike is different, Miller said. This contract feels totally different because as someone who has gone through this so many times, I don't know what UAW President Sean Fain is doing, he said. We usually pick a target, negotiate that target, and then go on to the other two companies and bring it with, bring it to them. It's different because this one pretty much nobody knows, and we could go on strike tomorrow for all we know. Corporate greed has been the root cause of all of the woes within the auto industry, Fain said on Friday. Striking is the only way to establish status quo, he said. For decades, it's been the same story, he said, unchecked corporate power, disappearing worker power. The result is massive inequality across our society, he said. When Miller first started in the industry, he was able to buy a home, a car, and his wife was able to stay home with their child. Long gone are those days, Miller said. 
What happened was greed, and it all started during the Ronald Reagan era when things started to trickle down, Miller said. And if I had a billion dollars, there wouldn't be anything trickling down because there's a word that comes into play, and that's greed, he said. When the call didn't come for Spring Hill Friday, Rutherford said it only adds to the anticipation. They're ready to fight for a good cause and get everything back. It does make everything a little more nerve-wracking, given we've bought things like lights, propane for heaters to get everything ready, and now we don't know if we're going on strike and can use them, he said. Previously, UAW spokesperson Brian Constantino said workers in Spring Hill were fired up and fed up when the initial walkout began a couple of weeks ago. Since that time, all eyes have been on Spring Hill's GM plant, the largest in North America, and whether it would also join the stand-up strike for better wages and opportunities for employees. We're the ones who are going to be going down to strike pay, sacrificing health care, and that's a temporary loss, Rutherford said. By going on strike and fighting for a better contract, that's going to trickle down to the community and more money we're going to spend on local businesses. The situation is a bit of a catch-22. It's a happy medium, I'd say, because on one hand, we are ready for the fight and want to support our brothers and sisters on strike, but it's also nice being able to still make a full paycheck and to keep working, Rutherford said. I'm a little nervous. But excited, he said. The Kiwanis Club of Columbia honored two former club presidents, Bobby Harris and Travis Jones, with the George F. Hickson Fellowship. The George F. Hickson Fellowship was established by the Kiwanis Children's Fund in 1983. It's named for the first president of Kiwanis International and is one of the highest honors given by Kiwanis. It recognizes individuals who have contributed significantly to Kiwanis' history of generosity and for their dedicated service to their Kiwanis Club and their community. Bobby Harris is a native of Murray County and is a graduate of Murray County Public Schools and Columbia State Community College. He received a degree in accounting from the University of Memphis. His professional career began at the corporate office of Holiday Inn in Memphis. After 20 years in the hotel industry and certifying his, I'm sorry, and receiving his certified public accountant designation, Harris joined the financial services industry with Merrill Lynch and later Edward Jones, where he became a certified financial planner. He completed his career with Edward Jones, where he was honored to attend their top producers annual conference seven times. Harris served on the board of the King's Daughter School for nine years and 20 years on the Murray County Industrial Development Board. He served as a Murray County Commissioner and President of the Little League, Columbia Swim Team, and Central High Band Boosters. He joined the Kiwanis Club of Columbia in 1993 and served as the 81st President of the club during the 2001-2002 Kiwanis year. Travis Jones was born in Columbia and attended Brown Elementary, Whitthorn Middle School, and graduated from Battleground Academy. He received a bachelor's degree in business administration from the University of Tennessee. He became an Eagle Scout at the age of 16 with Troop Columbia Troop 111. After serving as president and general manager of Jones Home Furnishings in Columbia for 10 years, he enrolled in the Nashville School of Law, where he graduated in 2012. Governor Bill Haslam appointed Jones to serve as the public defender for the 22nd Judicial District. He was elected without opposition in 2020 and 2022. He has served on the Board of Governors of the University of Tennessee Alumni Association, President of Leadership Murray Board, President of Graymere Country Club, and a member of the Tennessee Public Defenders Conference Executive Committee. He serves as co-chairman of the Steering Committee for the new Murray County Judicial Center. Jones joined the Kiwanis Club in 1998 and was the 88th president of the club during the 2008-2009 Kiwanis year. 
Governor Bill Lee announced Thursday the appointment of Columbia attorney Julie Heffington to the 22nd Judicial District Circuit Court judge, one of three key judicial appointments for newly created state courts. Heffington, who is raised on a farm in Summertown, currently serves as an attorney and partner at Middle Tennessee Law Group. The 22nd Judicial District covers Giles, Lawrence, Murray, and Wayne counties. I am honored to have been selected as Circuit Court Judge to serve the people of the 22nd Judicial District, Heffington said. I had the privilege of growing up on my family's farm in Summertown, where my family still resides. My upbringing instilled a love for and understanding of this community, a community I look forward to serving in this new role, she said. Heffington, a partner at Wolliver, Carter, and Heffington, practiced in the areas of insurance litigation, divorce, adoption, property disputes, wills, and estates. She earned her bachelor's degree at Middle Tennessee State University and Juris Doctor at Nashville School of Law. The new judicial position was created by the Tennessee General Assembly through Public Chapter Number 396, enacted on May 11th. I am proud to announce the appointment of these highly qualified individuals and value the significant experience they will bring to their respective roles, Governor Lee said. I appreciate their leadership and am confident they will serve Tennesseans with integrity. Prior to attending law school, Heffington was a registered nurse for 14 years, specializing in labor and delivery, recovery, and pediatrics. She earned a nursing degree from Middle Tennessee State University and Juris Doctor degree from Nashville School of Law, where she also received the Moot Court Award. She remains licensed in the state of Tennessee and is active in promoting the nursing profession. She also is a part of the Murray County Bar Association and Tennessee Bar Association. On Thursday, Southeast Venture announced updates in the June Lake development plans progress, including the commencement of framing on the development's first homes and significant strides in the construction of essential infrastructure to support June Lake. Following delays on the June Lake interchange completion in August, September saw Tudor Building Group commence the framing of the first homes at June Lake. The community, named the Preserve at June Lake, will showcase 28 residences offering eight distinct floor plans. The homes will boast custom build finishes, interiors spanning from 3,000 to 3,500 square feet, and a starting price of $900,000. We are thrilled to announce the commencement of framing on a number of homes at the preserve at June Lake, said David Tudor, president of Tudor Building Group, in a news release. This marks an important step forward in bringing our vision to life and providing residents with an exceptional living experience that seamlessly integrates with all that June Lake will offer, he said. Additionally, significant progress has been made on essential infrastructure to support the development. Construction on a 3 million gallon water tank began this month with an anticipated completion date of September of 2024. This project will ensure a reliable and sustainable water supply for both June Lake and Spring Hill residents, improving the community's water storage capability for years to come. Also, the first 3,000 feet of the Greenway along Anon Creek is now underway and will be open in anticipation of residents moving to June Lake. Upon its full completion, the two-mile Greenway will provide residents with connection to the future June Lake Town Center, Lake, and Park. These achievements represent our commitment to creating a harmonious living environment at June Lake. We are excited about the positive impact these projects will have on our community, said Don Alexander, project manager for Southeast Venture. Over the next two decades, June Lake is poised to feature 2,900 residential units, 3.9 million square feet of Class A office space, nearly 1.3 million square feet of retail and restaurant space, and 400 hotel rooms. 
The Murray Regional Airport Authority is set to build a new terminal following a vote by the county commission to provide $4.6 million in funds towards the project. The commission was voted on and approved the expenditure during its Monday, September 18th meeting. In August, an interlocal agreement was made between Murray County and Murray Regional Airport to pay for the construction, with the airport agreeing to pay the county back with annual funding through the bipartisan infrastructure bill. The funds will go towards both the rendering and construction of the new terminal. Basically, our airport terminal is old, outdated, and small, Commission Chairman Eric Previtti said of the airport, which was established in the 1950s and built with bricks that were left over from construction of Murray Regional Hospital. The good part about this is that by offering better services at the airport, we should get more customers, which will increase our revenue, he said. The initial initiative comes on the heels of a recently completed $8 million runway rehab project, which included new energy-saving LED lighting and strengthening, which will allow heavier commercial and freight aircraft to land on the runway. Greg Martin, Murray Regional Airport Commissioner, spoke on the economic impact the airport has on Murray County and southern Middle Tennessee. With the level of service we offer, we are able to increase commercial traffic to support the manufacturing industry in southern Middle Tennessee, Martin said. The airport is one of the first welcome mats for manufacturing and service industries considering this area for new operations or expansion, he said. Located in Mount Pleasant, Murray Regional Airport serves both private customers and large corporations, such as General Motors and Love's Travel Stop, and is currently the largest airport between Nashville and Huntsville. Martin said once the construction drawings and bids are received, the airport will have a better idea of when the new terminal will be operational. Now that we have the funding, the first step is to work with the engineers and architects, he said. I could have the drawings done by the end of the year, but because it's a public project, it takes a little longer. We would be fortunate to break ground in 2024. We're being intentional about it, he said. And now your hometown memorials, sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Mr. John Mallory Church, 88 a retired realtor and auctioneer and resident of Columbia, died Friday, September 29th at Poplar Estates. Funeral services for Mr. Church will be conducted on Wednesday at 11 a.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Burial will follow in Polk Memorial Gardens. The family will visit with friends on Tuesday from 4 to 7 p.m. at the funeral home. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help, gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why your satisfaction is so important to Jeff Hargrove and Susie Sowell. There's a great deal of satisfaction in serving a family and serving them well. It's an eye for detail and thoughtfulness and taking the time to see that things are done right. We do have nice facilities and good people and we work hard to do things well, but we don't want that to intimidate people as to what they think it will cost. Taking care of you is our primary concern. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. For your southern middle Tennessee weather, we will have partly cloudy skies today with a high of 88 degrees. Winds will be light and variable. Tonight, we can expect a clear sky with a low of around 58. 
Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Here we go. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance, our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see Shelter Agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Don't put off getting your oil changed, Columbia. Take 5 is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. Visit their newest location at 1203 South James Campbell Boulevard and take advantage of their $15 off grand opening special. That's right, $15 off any oil change, Columbia. Take 5, the stay-in-your-car 10-minute oil change. They're faster than you think. Your home is your biggest investment. Getting the most for it when it comes time to sell is important. At The Way Realty, we help you get more by providing all our clients with a full-service real estate company. At no extra cost to you, we help you prepare your house to look its best with home staging, landscaping, professional pictures, marketing on all the major websites, touch-up repairs, and home inspection repairs up to $700. Get more with The Way Realty by reaching out to us to see what we can do for you and to find out the market value of your home. Visit us today at thewayrealtytn.com. Call us at 931-580-4669 
or stop by our showroom at 800 Hatcher Lane, Columbia, Tennessee. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7. This program is sponsored in part by George Vrelis and the great team at The Way Realty. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. Last week, the Nashville Zoo announced the arrival of a 10-year-old male Andean bear, Pinocchio, from the Salisbury Zoo in Maryland. He arrived in July and underwent a standard quarantine period and has slowly been acclimating to his new habitat. Nashville Zoo was selected to receive this male bear as part of the Association of Zoos and Aquariums Andean Bear Species Survival Plan, and he will eventually be introduced to Nashville Zoo's female Andean bear, Luca, as a breeding partner. The Andean Bear SSP helps to ensure genetically diverse populations of the species in human care. Pinocchio was originally rescued as an abandoned cub from the rural countryside of Ecuador and was ultimately deemed unfit to be released back into the wild. He arrived at Salisbury Zoo in 2017 and successfully fathered three cubs during his time there. Nashville Zoo is excited to continue the conservation efforts for this vulnerable species and hope to replicate Pinocchio's prior breeding success. Andean bears are native to the Andes and outlying mountain regions in South America and are the only bear found in this continent. Andean bears are considered vulnerable to extinction by the International Union for the Conservation of Nature due to deforestation. In recent decades, Andean bear populations have been on a rapid decline mainly because of habitat loss, and there are an estimated 18,000 bears in the wild. You can learn more by visiting www.nashvillezoo.org. The Powerball has crossed the $1 billion mark with an estimated $1.04 billion jackpot for the next drawing tonight, Monday. The jackpot has a cash value of $478.2 million. The Powerball jackpot was previously won on July 19th when a ticket in California matched all five white balls and the red Powerball to win a $1.08 billion jackpot. Since then, there have been 32 consecutive drawings without a grand prize winner. The prize ranks as the game's second-largest jackpot this year and the fourth-largest jackpot in the history of the game. If a player wins the jackpot tonight, they will have the choice between an annuitized prize worth an estimated $1.04 million or a lump-sum payment estimated at $478.2 million. Both prize options are before taxes. If the winner selects the annuity option, they will receive one immediate payment followed by 29 annual payments that increase by 5% each year. The overall odds of winning a prize are 1 in 24.9. The odds of winning the jackpot are 1 in 292.2 million. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. 
Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today, and now our final story. Because actualizing his greatness required music industry evolution, Ronnie Millsap, though a 2014 Country Music Hall of Fame inductee and Grand Ole Opry member with four male Vocalist of the Year trophies, is perhaps underrated. On October 3rd at Lower Broadway's Bridgestone Arena, an all-star lineup including Kelly Clarkson, Little Big Town, Parker McCollum, Justin Moore, Scotty McCreary, Sarah Evans, Breland, The Band of Heathens, Charlie McCoy, Tracy Lawrence, Randy Hauser, Lori Morgan, Neil McCoy, Terry Clark, Phil Vassar, and more will honor the 42-time chart topper at an event billed as the Blind 80-Year-Old Performer's final Nashville show. Overall, Millsap's reflection on his career highlights that soul music's heartborn authenticity forever connects it to country music. Millsap said he's particularly fond of the work that artists like Kelly Clarkson have done to continue country music's soulful pop expansions. When good singers sing great songs, amazing things happen, he said. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on Kennedy Broadcasting, WKOM, WKRM Radio. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.